I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of The Wall Street Journal. Raise those lowered expectations a bit before you see Eddie Murphy and imagine that. Yes, his talents have recently been squandered in gimmicky movies that served him ill. Yes, this one has glaring flaws, and it depends on a gimmick, too. A father's failing career as a financial analyst is saved by his seven-year-old daughter Olivia's magical gift for picking stocks and corporate winners. But that little child, she's played by Yara Shahidi, leads Murphy back to his own gifts, and she compliments him in one delicate comic sequence after another. Delicacy is not a word that leaps to mind in connection with Eddie Murphy movies, and it certainly isn't foreshadowed by the opening shot. The father, Evan Danielson, standing at the front door of a suburban house and screaming bloody murder for his Guga. But the Guga is his daughter's security blanket, and it's a key component of the spell that Olivia invokes every time she enters a fantasy world inhabited by three financially astute princesses and one queen. Thankfully, we are never shown that world. Rather than plunge into banal fantasy settings, the movie enlists our imagination by letting the father and daughter act out their wonderment for us. Olivia's spell isn't strong enough to banish all banality. Things go from good to much worse, with Pratt Falls, a standard brand car chase, and a feel-good ending that feels as delicate as a cheek with five o'clock shadow. Still, what's good in Imagine That is very good, and it can't be undone. The Taking of Pelham 123 is Tony Scott's fevered remake of the 1974 thriller about a hijacked subway train. Scott is a poet of portentousness, a virtuoso of the causeless effect. He wants nothing more or less than your attention, and he's willing to fight for it with every eye-popping, ear-pounding technique at his command. But he's also a canny director of actors, and his movie is carried by his co-stars Denzel Washington and John Travolta. Washington plays smooth and humble, at least at first, as Walter Garber, a bespectacled dispatcher with a bit of a paunch, a checkered past, and a deep knowledge of the subway system. His counterpart in the original was a wry transit authority cop played by Walter Matthau. Travolta brings his patented evil elation to the role of the hijacker, Ryder, who's too evil to have a first name. That part was originally played with icy understatement by Robert Shaw. The screenwriter, Brian Helgeland, has invented plenty of mind games to plump up both characters, if not quite flesh them out. Yet most of the film's energy is generated by flamboyant cinematography and music video cutting, and most of that energy is false, from dermatological close-ups of Travolta in a motorman's cab to long-lens shots that compress a runaway subway car into blurry abstractions. The whole city is compressed into abstractions. New York as a real-world setting doesn't make the remakes cut. The first version of The Taking of Pelham 123 was no masterpiece. That one was directed by Joseph Sargent. But clever plotting, shrewd performances, and a strong sense of place earned it the status of a minor classic. A cheesy TV version was shot in Toronto in 1998. In this new film, which might just as well have been shot in Toronto, the city's streets become half-seen backdrops for graceless chases, and its tunnels simply heighten the claustrophobia. Tony Scott holds his audience hostage to runaway technique. 
I'm Joe Morgenstern. I'll be back on KCRW next week with more reviews.